Chapter Three of the Life of Jesse Harding Pomeroy by E. Luscombe Haskell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three Finding of the Hidden Remains of Katie Curran in a Cellar in South Boston. While the excitement was at its height in regard to the brutal murder of the Millen boy, there were many inquiries in relation to the whereabouts of a little girl named Katie Curran, who had been missing for some length of time. Search was made almost everywhere for the child, but without success. The state of the public mind can, therefore, be better imagined than described when the announcement was made that the decomposed remains of a child had been discovered in the cellar of the store occupied by the Pomeroys in South Boston. Immense crowds quickly congregated in the vicinity of the store. Had not the people had that respect for law and order characteristic of New England, Judge Lynch would undoubtedly have held high carnival at the time. As it was, the police fearing an uprising of the populace, took into custody the mother and her son, Charles, in order that the temptation for lynching one or both might be removed. Crowds gathered about Station 6, South Boston, and it was some time before quietness was restored. By the kindness of the genial and popular editor of the South Boston Enquirer, Mr. Charles L. Storrs, I was granted the privilege of consulting the files of his interesting weekly newspaper. From that publication I quote the following account of the finding of the body of the little Curran girl, the date being July twentieth, 1874. Last Saturday afternoon the community was startled and shocked by the information that the body of Katie Curran, who has been missing since March 18th, had been found in a cellar in Broadway. The scene of the terrible tragedy and the horrible revelation was the premises 327 Broadway. The remains were discovered in a corner of the cellar, in a sort of recess made by a water closet and the foundation wall. The body was partially covered with ashes and stones and was found by a workman who was employed in removing the wall. The remains were in such a state of decay as to prevent identification. Word having been sent to the police station, Officer Adams, who came up with Officer Foote, recognized some of the clothing as belonging to Katie Curran. Coroner Ingalls and Undertaker Cole were called in, and the parents of the child were sent for. Mrs. Curran at once recognized the clothing as being that of her Katie when she was missed. Chief of Police Savage was sent for, and on his arrival he immediately ordered the arrest of Mrs. Pomeroy and her son Charles. Officer Adams took Mrs. Pomeroy to the station, and Charles was arrested later by Officers Mountain and Devaney upon his return from carrying his evening papers. Both were taken to the station, partly as important witnesses and partly to protect them from violence by enraged and threatening people. By direction of Coroner Ingalls, Constable Rockwood summoned as a jury Mr. I. T. Campbell, James Malcolm, 
Thomas Gogan, Bernard Jenny, Charles H. Hersey, and E. H. Gill. Sunday forenoon, the coroner and jury visited the premises and viewed the remains, which had been taken to the City Point tomb. The next day, Monday, in the afternoon, witnesses were heard. The witnesses heard at the inquest were Mrs. Kate Curran, Mr. John Curran, Chief of Police Savage, Mrs. Ruth Ann Pomeroy, then 33 years old, Master Charles J. Pomeroy, brother of Jesse, Sergeant Hood of Station 9, Miss Emma Lee, 6 years old, Special Officer Edward Mitchell, on duty on Chester Square, Sergeant Emerson and Officers Thomas H. Adams, Asel B. Griggs, and Dennis Mountain, all of Station 6, Miss Minnie Chapman, a girl who lived with Mrs. Pomeroy, Misters Charles McGinnis, John B. Margeson, John Foote, Thomas Murphy, James Nash, Thomas Tobin, and William B. Rohr, and Mrs. W. E. Margeson and Miss Margaret Lane. Most of the evidence was to the effect that the Curran girl was missed on a certain day and had not been seen alive since that time. The clothing found on the body of the deceased was identified as that worn by the child on the day she was missed. There was very important evidence given by Chief of Police Savage, which was of such a positive character, the murder of the Curran girl was traced directly to Jesse, and he, in addition to circumstantial evidence, admitted committing the deed and described how it was done. The following excerpts from the testimony given at the inquest are interesting. Chief Savage testified that after the arrest of Pomeroy, some trivial circumstances came to his knowledge, which led him to instruct the captains of all the stations to search every cellar, well, and byway in their districts, where there was even the remotest possibility that the body of the girl might be concealed. He said that he gave special instructions to Captain Dyer to search the cellar of the Pomeroys, and upon Captain Dyer informing him that his orders had been obeyed, the chief said he became satisfied. The chief stated that he was in South Boston after the body was discovered. He found the feeling so strong against Mrs. Pomeroy that he deemed it advisable to order her to be taken into custody. He also said that he had interviewed Pomeroy at Charles Street Jail after the finding of the remains of the current girl. At the interview, the following dialogue ensued. Chief. Jesse, do you know me? Pomeroy. Yes, sir. Chief. What do you suppose I came to see you about? Pomeroy. To talk about that case. Chief. What case? Pomeroy. The case of the little boy. Chief. No, I came to tell you that Katie Curran has been found buried in your mother's cellar. Your mother and brother have been arrested for the murder. Can you tell anything about it? Pomeroy hesitated, choked, and replied, No. 
the chief said he made another visit when Jesse said, "'Mr. Savage, I killed her, but don't want to tell how.' After some additional conversation with the prisoner, Chief Savage was agreeably surprised to find that Jesse would make a full confession of his horrible murder of the innocent little Curran girl. Pomeroy at once proceeded to make a rough plan of the cellar where the body was found. He then began the narration of a story which illustrates his extreme disregard for human life. His confession was in substance as follows. I opened Mother's store the day of the murder at about 7.30 o'clock. The girl came in for a paper. I told her there was a store downstairs. She went down to about the middle of the cellar and stood facing Broadway. I followed her. I put my arm around her neck, my hand over her mouth, and with my knife cut her throat, holding the knife in my right hand. I then dragged her behind the water closet, laying her head furthest up the place, and I put some stones and ashes on the body. I took the ashes from a box in the cellar. I sent a boy into Hoyt and Lawrence's store nearby and bought a knife for twenty-five cents. The knife was taken from me when I was arrested in April last. When I was in the cellar, I heard my brother at the outside door, which I had locked after the girl came in. I ran up the stairs and saw him going towards the cellar in Mitchell's part. He came back when he saw me. Two girls worked in the store for my mother. They usually got there about nine o'clock in the morning. Mother got there later. Brother Charles and I took turns in opening the store till about April. My brother and mother never knew of this affair. I forgot to tell you that I washed my hands and knife, they being bloody, at the water pipe. The evidence presented by Chief Savage was of itself sufficient to warrant the jury in returning a verdict charging the murderer to Pomeroy. Other testimony was taken so that the investigation might be full and complete. The inquest lasted several days. When all the testimony had been taken, the jury, after considering the evidence, rendered a verdict as follows. That Katie M. Curran came to her death on or about the 18th of March, 1874, at 327 Broadway, South Boston, by the hands of Jesse H. Pomeroy. He has acknowledged the crime and all the evidence corroborates the statement. The jury also finds that either before or after the commission of the murder, the girl's person was mutilated with a knife or some sharp instrument. It was the circumstances attending the finding of the remains of the Curran girl which led to the resignation of Captain Dyer of Station 6. It will be noted that in his testimony at the coroner's inquest, Chief Savage stated that he gave special instructions to that officer in regard to searching for the missing girl. The cellar was said to have been searched, and Chief Savage was given to understand that fact, and also that the missing girl had not been found. When the body was discovered, the captain left the station in charge of a lieutenant, 
because, it was stated, he had not the heart to look upon the scene of the murder. Captain Dyer was summoned before Mayor Cobb of Boston, and with few preliminaries the officer handed in his resignation. End of chapter 3